0: Welcome to multi passionate artists featuring conversations with visual and performing artists, along with other creative souls on their journey process and entrepreneurship. I am your host Diane Foy. My purpose is to help multi passionate artists embrace their values, ambitions and story so that they can slide into the spotlight with the impact and income to match. Hello and welcome to episode 79 of Multi-Passionate Artists. Can I be honest? Growth is not always comfortable. In fact, it's usually not. We're all striving to achieve our dreams. And when I started out as a coach for artists, musicians, actors, I had a lot to learn Yes, I'd already been in the arts and entertainment industry for 25 years. However, coaching is its own special skill. And it took some time to develop my unique process in helping artists authentically attract fans, media, and industry so that they can make a greater impact and income. But as I continue to build my business into what I've dreamed it could be, I've learned it's during my biggest challenges that I grow the most. I mean, I had a full-on growth spurt when I got clear on the personality trait of my favorite clients. Multipotentiality. I'm a multi-passionate artist, so it makes sense that I have a special bond with other multi-passionate artists. I love hearing that a singer songwriter also paints and makes jewelry or an actor also writes and wants to produce their own projects. I get excited when clients tell me that. And I love that I can celebrate my own multiple talents in my coaching when I can draw on my photography, makeup artistry, and fashion background one day, and my publicity, journalism, and marketing experience the next. I tell you this story to get you thinking, what challenges are helping you grow? Every artist is different, but my most successful clients have the following things in common. They are open to explore, share, and overcome the fear, self-doubt, and limiting beliefs that keep them in their comfort zone. They are highly motivated and willing to do whatever it takes to achieve their dreams. They know that there's no overnight success. Slow and consistent progress is what prepares you for opportunities. if you can relate but feel that you're missing the strategy on how to cultivate an authentic personal brand and how to attract an engaged audience of fans media and industry i have great news for you you can get started on your journey right now because i've given myself a challenge to give away 30 free coaching sessions in 30 days and that'll be throughout march 2022 if you would like to book a spot it's dianefoy.com booking and let's explore your goals and help you get some clarity on what you what you want i believe you can do this my guest today is mara garone a hand embroidery artist writer podcast host, and proud owner of the fashion label Mara Garon Simple Sophistication. It's a fashion label of powerful words you can wear, specializing in sustainable, hand-embroidered, and hand-painted fashion. From the age of eight, Mara fell in love with hand embroidery and regularly returned to this art form throughout her life. She could get lost in it for hours, although at the time she didn't recognize it as such, she had discovered a powerful and effective form of meditation. From a young age, Mara never really had just one answer to the what-do-you-want-to-be-when-you-grow-up question. She would say, I would like to be a writer and an artist and travel the world, and meet new and interesting people. She was often met with comments like, she doesn't know. She wants to be everything and nothing. But the real answer was that she was a multi-passionate artist. Today, she can say that she has fulfilled and is living her dream. She has owned a publishing house, writes articles, and is working on a book. She's an artist creating for her own fashion brand and having exhibitions locally and internationally. Mara is also a podcast host for which she has the privilege to meet interesting and inspiring people every day. And by the way, she has lived in several countries and continents along the way. And I know that you'll enjoy listening to our conversation. For links and a transcript, visit dianefoy.com slash zero seven nine. Hello, welcome to the show. Tell me a little bit about what it is that you do now. Tell me about your embroidery company,
1: all that good stuff. Okay, first of all, thank you uh, very much for having me. I'm very excited and proud of being here. So my name is uh, Mara Girone. I'm Italian originally, but I'm based in London, UK. So I'm, um, it, it's always, I found it always difficult to say wh- who I am, or what I am, because I'm not just an un- embroidery artist. I'm also a writer. I'm a podcaster. I'm a, a fashion brand owner. Um and many other things. Uh, That's that's why you're on this show. (laughs) Exactly. I'm in the right
0: place. Definitely. (laughs) We celebrate that. We celebrate (laughs) that we're not just one thing,
1: that we have
0: many aspects and interests. That is
1: amazing. It's uh, so, uh, you feel free. To express (laughs) yourself. So, um, uh, my business, the product based business is uh, Mara Girone Simple Sophistication, and I create garments with hand embroidery and motivational quotes or words. My aim is uh, through fashion um, to support, empower women, and make them feel um, worthy and enough basically so um, I, I I thought why to consider fashion only something we cover our body with or something fancy let's make it something useful as well so um, I call my pieces like magic capes that you wear and you feel the energy that's written on them
0: so yeah I like the description of like powerful words you can wear
1: yes exactly. And I feel also because uh, as a maker, I feel that with the embroidery I put a lot of my energy in the pieces, positive energy. So I like to think that part of this goes to the wearer as well. Um, so, yeah, it's all positive message, uh, positive mindset, not a think positive that I don't like, but the positive thinking. Um, I always I, I, was, I always see a big difference. It's more, oh, come on, think positive, life is beautiful. That makes me quite angry because we also have the dark part of our life. So you cannot always be flowers and happiness. Right. While the positive thinking that I like to express with my garments is more a habit a mindset that you conquer with the practice, with time, um, and believing in yourself, basically.
0: Yeah, so it's like little affirmations, but you can wear it.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly.
0: Oh, that's cool. And what are some of the phrases that's on your clothing and, and how do you come up with them?
1: Um, well, some the more famous ones are unapologetically me, uh mm-hmm. unstoppable resilience uh take action and I came up with them because um uh I I really well when I started my business it happened almost by coincidence not because I was planning to um I then realized I needed help from coaches, um, a bit of, uh, you know, direction uh, exactly for my mindset. Because I um, I felt, well, now that I'm on the other side and I think I'm not cured, you know, I mean, the mindset is always something uh, where uh, you can uh, bring changes and make better. but. Um, uh, I realized that my cultural background was a big weight uh, in some fields. I don't know, the believe in yourself, um, women can make, um, can make it, um, women can manage money. So these kind of little uh, tweaks in the everyday life that can make a huge change in the way you approach life And in the way you believe in yourself and chase your dreams. So, um, uh, because initially my business was to make, I was making uh, bags and hats. So, during my evolution, I came up with the idea of the motivational. Uh, words that are not, I never believed, uh, uh, okay, wake up in the morning, repeat the word and it will happen. I mean, if you don't take action, <laughs> you can repeat the word as long as you want. And yeah. Nothing will happen. So um, so it's a little reminder to have it on your uh, clothes, basically. Well, that's really cool. And how did you get into this? Like,
0: when you were a kid, was creativity and artistic expression encouraged?
1: in your Uh, family no no I mean (laughs) it was (laughs) no no very traditionalist Italian south of Italy family Um, I mean my story was written uh, from in a completely different way so I had to write my story again uh, happily Uh, I did it Um, so I mean Art and creativity were supported as long as they were hobbies. But if you say, I want to become an artist, whatever field. It was, no, are you crazy? Do you want to starve? Do you want to live your life uh, like a beggar? Uh, You will never have a family. You will never... um, Anyway, all the possible negative scenarios you can imagine. So of course I wasn't allowed to go to the art academy, or I don't have a formal background in art because right. I wasn't allowed. But always, from when I remember, I, I, I always was drawing, painting, creating with my hands, um, and. And I always remember this great pleasure of uh, creating that has almost this power, this magic that you can transform raw materials and something beautiful comes out. Uh, Beautiful or that you enjoy, right? Because it's uh, most of the time is in the process, the pleasure that the artist, um, the maker uh, feels. So, um, of course, I started on embroidery when I was eight, um, because I asked my mom, my mom to show me. And I remember my mom showed me how to do um, cross stitch, that is a form of an embroidery, and I hated it. Really, I didn't like it at all. I said, look, I want to be free. I want to draw something and do uh, hand embroidery and my mom said no it's not possible you know you have to start with the cross-stitching and then uh, you evolve but you never be so free you have uh, to follow a pattern with right. the experience uh, I could see the difference there between the um, the impulse to create and the craft in itself that is simply the execution so I wanted to be free to dream and feel the all my imagination uh, translating into something tangible. Anyway, of course, I did it as a hobby. I did uh, crochet, uh, tricot, everything, right? But again, it was always uh, a bit of a place where I went to feel better, create. Um, and then, of course, during the period of the the teenage period, I mean, it wasn't really my thing. I was interested in other things, right. <laughs> more mundane, like uh, going out and having fun. And yeah, so I it, I went back to hand embroidery specifically again as a coi- by coincidence. Um, I was well, I traveled a lot. I uh, quite a lot. I lived in different countries and in one of these moves i had my first child was five i had my second and we moved from uh, portugal to uh, greece and i felt totally exhausted and lost i mean i felt i didn't have an identity anymore because i was the mom of the wife of The daughter of Um, and I I was uh, really not in a happy place also because I didn't have family around my husband was working crazy hours and I remember I had this session with a coach and at the time was a bit at the beginning at least here in Europe in uh, US and Canada it's uh, a bit more widespread but Uh, It was the beginning of the coaching, and I had this session, just one session, and she suggested to go back and do something um, that I enjoyed doing, where especially with my hands, if possible, because it was a way to disconnect my head. Uh, And I did. And I had material. Of course, I always had material for crafts, and I, and I had done the, um, uh, um, yeah, material for hand embroidery and I started making something from the school for my daughter. And then, yeah, bit by bit, I found myself in, into making it. People, I mean, the classic story, it's true, you know, that people, your friend like it, and then you start creating Christmas presents and then you start a business. Right. Although I started a business when we moved to London, because in Greece was a bit difficult. I mean, um, the bureaucracy uh, in Greece is uh, terrible, so I had to wait a bit <laughs> before having formally um, a business. That I'm so curious because I I
0: haven't traveled a lot in Europe and. So, hey, if you want to put in some travel stories of the countries, go for it. I'd love to hear about what it was like to live in Portugal, live in Greece, live in Italy, and now UK.
1: Yes, I well, I loved it. Um, I mean, the expat life is amazing, of course, there are uh, positive and negatives, but. Generally, I can say it has been, uh, what now, 10 years of my life, the most amazing uh, years because full of adventures. And I moved to England um, many years ago uh, just because I wanted just to improve my English and then go back to Italy of course, I never went back to live in Italy. <laughs> I right. then met my now husband and he had an offer in uh, to work in Mexico, in Mexico City. Okay. So um, at that point, I, I applied to do uh, a PhD in uh, London. Um, and uh, I was working with two universities because I could have a grant from one of the two. So I had to decide, do I follow this man who I uh, hardly know on the other side of the world, (laughs) telling my parents who are traditionalists and absolutely, you cannot mention that you go and live with this man, or I follow my dream of the PhD. And of course I followed him. So we (laughs) went to Mexico and it was an amazing experience. I remember before we left, Uh, We were, for us was, I mean, we never went to Mexico before. So for us, it could be real, the Mexican with the sombrero under the cactus. I mean, you know, the stereotype, it could have been a a reality. So um, we were very curious, uh, of course, and um, Mexico was... uh, amazing people are great and there's so much culture everywhere everywhere you look there's architecture and literature and the same language is so rich so different also from the classic uh, Spanish oh, yeah. and it, it it was magic really and when I was there I I uh, I started working in publishing in a publishing house and then I founded my own publishing house. So I always will call collect my first baby. Um, of course, it was one of my dreams. Um, because when I was in Italy in this traditional family, I had many dreams that it they were really dreams, you say I mean those magic things that happen to other people. But then when I left Italy, I started making them real. This was one of those. What kind of publishing house? Um, We published magazines, uh, monthly magazines of architecture. So, yeah. So I was with two partners, two Mexican uh, amazing ladies. And, uh, yeah, we started this adventure. And it was so... Uh, funny we managed to meet some of the most famous architects in in the world not in Mexico Um, uh, and we we also had the the glamorous life you know all invited to the events Uh, we were the uh, they liked to call us the pink uh, publishing house We didn't like it especially just because you're women uh, yeah because we were three women and uh, it it was I mean the field is full of uh, men in Mexico so we were a bit the exception but nonetheless I mean it was uh, great Um, and uh, yeah and then uh, I had my first baby there Uh, in fact uh, her name is Maya to honor the Mayans Um, And and then we had to move, Uh, because we started moving with the job of my husband, let's say that that uh, was a bit the reason, I mean not a bit, the only reason we kept moving. Um, So from there we went then to Portugal. The funny thing is I always liked to be in a place and become a person of the place. Right. And it's uh, as an expert uh, an expert you have uh, I mean uh, like uh, some timings so let's say the first three months are the moment where you feel overwhelmed uh, sad uh, everything um, doesn't work the way you want and maybe you didn't do the right choice and then it's all enjoying and blending in and and because I always, of course, I studied languages and literature at university. So I knew already Spanish, but then I started speaking <laughs> for me. I mean, uh, being in Mexico, many people thought that I was um, originally from there. So right. it was my place. I, I felt at home from uh, almost from the beginning. Um and but by the time you feel part of the place, you have to leave, and right. that wasn't uh, really nice. It it broke my heart, and and of course there was my business. And coming yeah. back to Europe, everything was much more difficult because with the distance and the time difference, I started working like fourteen hours a day, and it was far too much with a a small baby as well so it was (laughs) oh my goodness I remember to have these meetings at midnight while my baby finally was sleeping and I knew that she was going to be awake in like an hour and a half so I had to hurry I mean but um but again we went through the same stages, uh, right, of the expat life. Again, we were sad for Mexico, uh, but we started to blend in and then also Lisbon became uh, home, basically. And Lisbon is magic as well because it's like a museum. Everywhere you look, you could draw those uh, buildings and you really feel it, and it's so peculiar, it's all uh, very steep hills, and very narrow streets, cobble streets, and uh, colors, and uh, the azulejos, so the tiles, are typical from uh, Portugal, everywhere, I mean, it was, for me, I mean, It was a pleasure to look around. It was a source of inspiration, a constant source of inspiration. And uh, after a while, I had to close down the publishing house because with the distance wasn't easy and it wasn't easy for me to go there as often as I needed to because I had the baby anyway and... In fact, I went when she was a year and a half and it was the longest week of my life, really. <laughs> it wasn't yeah. easy. I was so happy to be there finally again, but um, to know my baby at home, it, it was a very hard time. So so we had to decide to let it go. And, um, and then I started taking all the courses I never had time to take. You know, right. I mean, when you say, OK, one day I will do that, one day I will do that. And normally you think of the uh, period when you retire. But in that <laughs> moment, I said, you know what? My daughter started school, fortunately. This big dream was closed. The publishing house i said, OK, I have to nurture my soul. So I started taking courses of uh, uh, sewing, millinery, um, uh, drawing, painting, everything, really. And, of course, I really enjoyed it, really. Yeah. When then, I discovered
0: um, yeah. online courses, when discovered the world of online courses, I yes. was like obsessive taking courses in anything and everything I was ever interested
1: yes. in. <laughs> yes, look, I think domestic. I I I gave them so much money; they are all worth it. Uh, yeah. But uh, of course, at the time, it wasn't so uh, common to take uh, courses online. Um, right. Yeah, so. Uh, but it, it, they take a lot of time, of course. So yeah. it was enjoyable. But again, and also I had always at the back of my mind, but do you really want to do just that? So right. I always, because I had my business, I had my publishing house, I knew that I wanted something else. Uh, but the setting didn't help, uh, to be honest. So, with the, of course, with young babies, it's never easy especially mm-hmm. if you want to be uh, an entrepreneur
0: yeah and of all the different courses you took and all the things you were learning how did you figure out the direction you wanted to go in um
1: because i i told you because i always liked making i always was curious about uh, i don't know uh techniques uh, visual arts or all the different, um, kinds of visual arts. Um, I started trying. So basically I, I chose the school I really liked and the courses available I took and some I liked more than others, but I wanted to put my hands on everything
0: mm-hmm.
1: the way you did it with your line ones. Yeah. <laughs> I did that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, And it was interesting because, as I said, I wasn't uh, ever allowed to have a formal education in art. So um, it was a bit like uh, filling a gap for me. Um, Of course, I I didn't consider myself an artist uh, for a long time. uh, And I I wasn't an artist then, but... um, Maybe I'm, I'm not an artist today, but yeah, <laughs> what I are. mean is, uh, what I mean is, for me, it was just uh, making, but then I entered so much in it and I, find, I found my happy place. Right. It was exactly what I wanted to do all the way till there. And it was a bit of a shame, probably, that I didn't do it in the past, but at the same time, I had the opportunity. I mean, my life would have been completely different. So I always like to think that I was at the right place in the right moment. And it was meant to be like that because yeah. without the master degree that I took, probably I would have never thought of moving to London and then starting traveling. So right. it went very well. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah,
0: that's cool. Um, and how long did you live in each country?
1: Uh, on average, it was three years and a half. Yeah. Um, yeah, that was. And- uh, then after um, Portugal, we moved to Greece. That was ay, amazing. Do you know, I mean, the feeling was to be on holiday every day because right. uh, we lived uh, like 10 kilometers from Athens. Okay. So we were on the coast. Our house was a villa with swimming pool, walking distance from the sea. And the weather in Greece is amazing, really. I mean, it's a winter, maybe two months a year. But the rest, it's uh, actually, there was a lake um, uh, near where we lived that had the constant temperature of 23 degrees all year round. So uh-huh. really you could go in always. Right. I didn't because for me the temperature is more caribic. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it was beautiful as well, of course, another um, great experience. And when you, of course, you become part of the place, but also you meet the expat community that becomes a bit uh, a family in each right. country. Yeah, because you share the same uh, happy and sad moments, not the, the good and the bad. So um, uh, we have uh, friends for life, of course, not only in the expat community, but uh, um, in each country, of course, you create your little cell. Uh, Yeah. anyway, because you don't carry your family with you. You create a new family uh, when you move. And... And then, as I said, in Greece, uh, it was this uh, identity crisis that pushed me towards finally uh, taking action. action. And Was it something about the culture in Greece or was it just your time? No, it was just uh, me. Actually, because I come from the south of Italy, um, I'm very similar to Greek people. So I I didn't have a big uh, shock. And along the way, my husband, who is British, changed completely. He became more south of uh, Southern Italian than me. Uh, <laughs> so uh, it was nice to see. The we evolution. all want
0: the life that we didn't have.
1: <laughs> <Okay>. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now that, of course, traveling and meeting people uh, changes your mindset, uh, your approach yeah. completely, and. I think it's a big gift that we can give ourselves to travel and know places, but also people. Because the more story, you know my interest in storytelling and the more people you know, the more stories you listen to. I mean, a new world opens up for you because Mm -hmm. you see how much it's possible, how much is... um, can happen Um, things that you never thought are possible are possible for other people. And it's so um, inspirational to listen. Yeah. I, I always in all these uh, uh, moves. um, I always met a lot of people for whatever reason. And I also have um, naturally people, Talk to me. Actually, I had some experiences where people open up to me a bit too much right. in, <laughs> in an embarrassing way, but fine. I really, I really love um, that they feel comfortable. So I'm, I I, I, I li- I'm like a sponge. I'm taking in, you know, and yeah, it's uh it's lovely. And Yeah. And of course, when you start seeing all the possibilities out there, you realize that what they told you when you were young, in my case, uh, you don't have uh, clear ideas. You don't know what you want to be as a grown-up. Is in reality a gift because you are a multi-passionate. Mm-hmm. because when they asked me what do you want to be as a grown-up for me it wasn't never was I want to be a teacher or a doctor never for me it was I want to write but I want to travel I want to meet people and I want to be an artist now these three four things don't seem um possible to match together while of course i found a way mm-hmm. uh, because because it's magically possible for everyone, of course. Yeah. And I have to say again, because I met so many people and and you can see all these different passions and you see that it's possible. You wonder why could, could it be possible for me as well? And you feel so free. Because what it was, uh, something that you uh, doubted yourself for becomes your better asset, actually, to have all these interests and um, having the curiosity as well to jump into something new. Um, Yeah,
0: that's what I'm uh, always thinking about. That's why I'm really embracing the multi-passionate thing, because I think it's a superpower. It's how yeah. uh, great it is that, you know, if you throw something at us, we're so used to picking up new things that mm-hmm. we could pick up things really fast because yeah, you know, it's like, okay, let's do it. Let, I'll <laughs> figure it out. And yeah. that's the thing. We're resourceful. We can figure it out. Give us a exactly. problem. We'll figure it out. Exactly. And, yeah and so multiple yeah this elasticity amazing. I mean
1: this uh, flexibility to um, to try new things uh, is amazing. i I feel um, I feel that's why I feel completely different from the person I was when uh, I was in Italy. And look, I left Italy uh, when I was thirty, so I was already an adult. But until then, it seemed not not possible while you look around and it is, as you said, so easy. I mean, what do you want to do? This, okay, try it on. You can do it. If you really put your heart into that, you get there.
0: I was a late bloomer too.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I (laughs) I, I think I,
0: I held myself back so much because of that. You know, it's ingrained in me that, you need a steady job. Yeah. And steady income, like you don't take risks. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Risk is not a thing. So like, I would always have some kind of job, Mm -hmm. and then do my creative stuff on the side, you know, and so it wasn't till, you know, later on that I took that risk to not have that secure job. And I had to just figure it out how to run yeah. a business, you know, it's, and it's kind of freeing now. And now Yeah, it's definitely it,
1: would, it is.
0: And as you get comfortable taking risks and living the non-traditional life, it gets easier as you go. And so like how I was saying, like, throw something at us, we'll figure it out. Yeah. <laughs> no, actually, have have you feel even more
1: uh, motivated mm. to try new things because you know that you can. Yeah, it, it's exactly for me. It was all the time. You no, know, uh, you need to find the real job, mm-hmm. the real job, because to start with and then the job, the one with one word, <laughs> not yeah. many. Yeah, so even, that's in why... my,
0: even in my entrepreneur journey, like there would be times where maybe it was a more struggling time You'd be like, ah, I think I have to give up and go get a real job. Uh, and yeah. <laughs> and there was times where I really put in the effort to try and get a real job, but it just didn't work because I don't think I could fit in now. I've yeah. had the freedom.
1: Yeah. I don't,
0: I don't think I can. And I think that's where I, I guess I realized trying to get these jobs that I'm like, I really don't want them anyways. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I really don't want a boss. I don't really want, I've just got, I've been on my own for so long, like, it would be hard to all of a sudden have to show up somewhere at a certain time. And
1: yes, Yes, totally. Or listen and execute something that someone else tells you what?
0: Yeah. (laughs) And I always need to know why. So if I don't really agree with why we're doing this, then I I can't. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. I don't play well with others, Um, (laughs) but now it's like, okay, well I got to make this life work because this is my life. Let's do it.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Figure it out. (laughs) Yeah. But you start enjoying it. I mean, Mm. of course there are, I mean, it's um, not a whole happiness and flowers anyway, to be an entrepreneur. Of course there are ups and downs. Yeah. Uh, One of the things that for me was very difficult to accept was delegating. Right. One of the worst thing, I was, I was able to do delegating, but for me also in my private life, because I'm, I'm a perfectionist, unfortunately, on the path to recovery, but (laughs) still there. And for me, when, I mean, not to supervise, because at the beginning I started, okay, I delegate, but then I had to check. So Mm. I did the job twice, basically. (laughs) But to let go and and trust other people, it's a big, a big change because it's the only way to to grow. Yeah. Because the day is made of 24 hours for everyone. And we have to sleep in these 24 hours as well at some point. So so we need (laughs) that. And we need to I'm not there yet. I haven't really done that.
0: I kind of outsource (laughs) a little things here and there, but yeah, I gotta get better at that. (laughs) <laughs> of like and figuring not- out how to i think i've learned from mistakes and from others that you really have to have a system if you're mm. going to hire someone else so that ah uh, yeah you're not assuming they know what you want yeah and exactly. then when they finish you're because like, when you not assume but
1: they never know yeah but not because it's their fault exactly because there they isn't didn't a get the right in instructions yeah. <laughs> exactly so yeah, yeah. Yeah, but I think the second you decide to delegate, you become so detailed. And I mean, everything has to be covered before you delegate.
0: But then sometimes I feel like, well, then I could have just done the job myself in that time.
1: (laughs) Yeah, that's true. That's true as well. So it depends. You cannot delegate everything because if it's really something quicker for you to do. But for example, if you are a multi-passionate person, and For example, in my case, I have the business, the fashion brand. But then I started having the podcast as well. Right. I mean, I'm one person. Really, I cannot make everything because we know that behind the scenes, apart the product or the service that we offer, there's another world to look after. So yeah. we cannot do it on our own. There's no way. So bit by bit, you de- what you delegate, you make space for growth. You yeah. have to see it in this way. But it will never get easy. <laughs> Unfortunately, I need to Especially
0: what, Yeah, we need it because we want to do way too many things for one yeah, person. Yes, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Cool. Totally. And so tell me about your podcast.
1: Yes, my podcast was born in um, 2020. Mm -hmm. Uh, it's called empowering voices and let's say the aim is similar to my fashion brand that is the one of empowering support and inspire uh, women and but the the tools I I use are different uh, and it's through storytelling so my uh, guests are uh, entrepreneurs uh, women and they tell us their story because I'm always I'm convinced that if you listen to a story and you see yourself in that story and you can say, "Oh really it happens to her as well, you you grew in that moment there was a moment of growth for you because you came out of your shell and you are ready for the world. So mm-hmm. the power of storytelling is is in. It's, it's huge. And um, for not only a stories of uh, success, of course, because my guests come and tell us learnings, story of learnings. I don't like to talk about failure, because yeah. I don't think we ever have a failure in the good or the bad you are learning a big lesson yeah so we had very intimate conversations um that helped uh, a lot other women out there because sometimes when we feel the weird one it's happening only to me yeah you don't share it you don't come out of that shell and you don't you cannot grow because yeah. you cannot open up if no one
0: hears about the struggles you just think well why are they so successful because they're only exactly. showing you the success <laughs> yeah but it's so difficult
1: to believe in this uh, uh, so simple reality i mean we know no I, at a cognitive level we know that uh, social media are fake okay yeah. can be fake at least yeah. but when we look at those pictures we always believe at what the eyes see yeah why is that so that's why it's so important that someone comes and tells you the real story behind the scenes. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah.
1: And it's never too much to listen to it. Yeah. So, yeah. So my podcast co- goes uh, live once a week, every Friday. And uh, yeah, I invite everyone to listen to it. And hopefully, I, we will have you as a guest as well.
0: Yes. <laughs> I'm looking forward to that and sharing my story. The, all the many ups and downs and <laughs> twists and turns. Yeah, we all
1: do. It all got we? to me
0: to, to where I am now. So Yeah,
1: exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And it's always something we need to be proud of because we got where we are. Of course.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I'm like you. I don't really look. I don't look back a lot. I don't look at failures or, you know, maybe some areas I could have moved on faster than I did. Yeah. But yeah. hey. I'm drawing on all of that now with what I do so yeah it,
1: we it built a very sense. strong foundation yes be where we are <laughs> yes and
0: you mentioned you also write what type of writing do you do
1: yes uh well because I wanted to be a writer but when I was very young I wanted to be a writer and level of, uh, Stephen King, uh, you know, I mean, <laughs> oh, yeah. novels and stuff.
0: So fiction writing.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Fiction. Um, well, I, uh, write articles, uh, for online magazines, um, mainly, uh, but I have a book in the making, of course, as a multi-passionate, I had to put my hands in that as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah, And it's, uh, yeah. A, um, a collection of, uh, short stories. Uh, fiction anyway yeah so hopefully uh, I won't procrastinate uh, (laughs) a lot because I mean procrastination is another problem and normally comes from fear of course there's Mm -hmm. a miss uh, imposter syndrome visiting from time to time Yeah, and uh, yeah so
0: yeah that's why I love love coaching on that's why I love coaching multi-passionists because it's not even procrastination sometimes it is procrastination because of fear but sometimes it's just when you're multi-passionate you have so many things that you want to do and if you don't have a structure or strategy yes we will go off
1: (laughs) (laughs) to the next shining thing yeah
0: Yeah. (laughs) and then not I think I floated for a lot of years just going with the flow of whatever I wanted to do and then didn't really get anywhere with any of them (laughs) so that's why I love to coach other artists now and and help them figure out what they can focus on to get done you know we sometimes don't complete our projects when we just kind of float
1: yeah exactly but uh we need a plan uh the other day someone was talking about uh, can a creative uh have um be guided by plans you need to exactly Mm -hmm. because you are a creative because exactly the creative says okay today oh today i want to start what watercolor is the love of my life i will do illustration for books so you start after for weeks say yeah but probably now I should improve the drawing part of that so let's start that yeah, yeah. but what about writing as well mm-hmm. so it can go on forever right yeah. yeah so you definitely need a couple of stones to keep you grounded yeah <laughs> and then of course give yourself the time and the luxury as well sometimes to create independently yeah
0: what helped me was I didn't like being told to not do some stuff or mm-hmm. or you can't do that. You have to pick one thing and stick with it. Yeah. That that <laughs> ah, advice that, okay. that everyone and gives. the
1: rebel in, in you oh, was saying no, no. <laughs>
0: but what helped was someone said you can do everything you want to do, but just not all at once.
1: Exactly. and so
0: it's. You can pick your couple focuses and, or also just like pick one or two things, get that going, yeah. get that making money because yes. apparently that's important.
1: All right. <laughs> because otherwise we are so good at using everything as a hobby. Like my yeah. husband says, I mean, if you don't make money, it's not called job. It's called right. hobby. And we could be very good at that. If uh, we could not. be professional hobbies. Yes. Hobbyists, like <laughs> I always if I, said, no one if will if pay I us to make money le- taking courses. I oh. would be the richest. Yeah. Forever student. In the world. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah.
0: But, you know, so like some of my interests are just on hold
1: for now. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it's good like that to, to create more adrenaline and suspense and for yeah. when. Yeah. Yeah. Although I have to say, I also tend, well, for a long time, I didn't give myself space to create because it's something that I enjoy a lot. Yeah. I always said, okay, I can do it later because any moment is the right one. Now I have to do administrative things or I have to edit uh, this and that. I have to write uh, the posts for social media. Yeah. So uh, the creative part, uh, literally the part of the sketches and the um, moment where your magi- imagination uh, get translated was always at the last place. Right. But, but you need and- that. Yeah, of course, because yeah. it becomes uh, a cycle. The more you produce, the more you enjoy it, the more you grow in that field. Yeah. So um, I try to keep a space every day, even if it's half an hour, but yeah. I need to do it. I have to put pen on paper to write or to draw every day yeah. or to create the hand embroidery because for a long time I was alone making them and it's so time consuming that becomes impossible to deliver otherwise but it's important for artists or for creatives in general to give Um, the luxury of that space and time. That is never the perfect one, right? Because if you wait for the children to be in bed, the husband being uh, happy and uh, the telephone not to ring, you would never do it, right? Yeah, You have to force it. And
0: the creative stuff is, it's why we're doing all this in the first place.
1: (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Correct. It makes the admin worth it. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Because you realize how much time you put into things that you don't like. Yeah. Or you don't uh, especially like because you end up liking them as well because they're part of your business anyway. But... you give almost nothing to the most important uh, part. And it's not true that has to be like that because we have a bit the mindset that uh, creating is easy. So you can do it in a very short time and not always like the writers. I mean, they give themselves... Every morning at this time, you have to write this quantity yeah. of words. At the beginning, when I heard that, I said, oh, really? So where's the inspiration? It comes because yeah. it becomes a, a routine and the inspiration builds up. Because otherwise, uh, the, uh, the inspiration that you have in the shower doesn't <laughs> count. You <laughs> exactly. never have a piece <laughs> of paper next to you in the shower. Yeah. So you need to be at your desk. <laughs> Yeah.
0: Wow, that's amazing. I love hearing all your stories and creativity and your travels. And this is a wonderful conversation. Wow, um, why do you do what you do? What's your why?
1: Um, because I really believe I want to deliver a message to um, other creatives, uh, to women specifically. That everything is possible. I had dreams and I thought I could never make them true. But I did. And if I did, everyone can. Right.
0: That's wonderful. Wonderful. And so how can people find you online?
1: Yeah. So, well, on my website, that is uh, my name, maragirone.com. And there, there's all the information, also information about the podcast, shop, everything is on there and of course instagram and facebook um again mara girone
0: okay wonderful thank you so much for joining me it was wonderful
1: uh thanks a lot for having me thank you very much
0: thanks for listening to multi-passionate artists if you enjoyed this episode please share it with your fellow artists post about it on social media or leave a rating and review To connect with me, I'm Diane Foy Arts on Instagram and in the multi-passionate artist groups on Facebook and Clubhouse. Thanks again.